I, I I can't believe it's taken me thirty episodes to say this, but what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you haven't said that. <laughs> I checked the tape. I don't think I have. <laughs> They once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires. While listening to the entire Tragically Hip discography, they love their Canadian football. John Fraser, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and sports reporter from Saskatoon. Does this mean I have to start researching? And Travis Curra, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan and radio announcer from Red Deer. Does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season? Bring you the Two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, Fraser and Curra will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Can't forget the nonsense. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out Podcast. Ready, set, hunt! Welcome to episode 30 of the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Happy New Year. John Fraser with me. I'm Travis Curra. We were just talking about our Christmases and our New Years and how, how good of a time we had but and instead of actually recording it, because all that would happen is, oh, it's the social again. It's the social. The guy's getting soft. We were like, you know what? Let's just catch up for ten minutes before we record the Tune Out CFL podcast. Thirty but, episodes, eh? But, but yeah, thirty episodes. But you got soured near the end of our uh, conversation because uh, you got a hole in your jeans. I have this pair of jeans that makes my ass look great. <laughs> oh, okay. I want to see these jeans. Um, okay. I don't, I don't think we, they exist. No, they, they they actually do. They're quite terrific. And I've had them for a while, and I wear them quite often, and I just noticed that because of my large thighs that it's been rubbing together, there's now a hole in my favorite pair of jeans. So uh, it's a somber, <laughs> it is a somber moment. So you're saying you don't have the thigh gap. Uh, no, there is no dat gap with this guy at all. <laughs> All right, so I'm trying... On a, seri- on a serious, somber note, though, before we get into anything, uh, you and I are both huge fans of Kim Mitchell. I think we've been oh. to about five or six of his concerts together. Yeah. I mean, we, we go all the time. I uh, heard today that he's had a heart attack. He's going to be uh, laid up for six to eight weeks after surgery. They did save his life, but uh, all our thoughts uh, with Kim Mitchell, because, I mean, he's a rock and roll legend. Yeah, we really, uh, I remember he came to Lloyd Minster and he played at the fair that day. And uh, that's basically how I got my first job in the radio, because you saw me there. And then you were mm-hmm. like, hey, let's let's get this guy uh Hired on for the rest of the summer. I had to go back to college after that. But my favorite, uh, when I started working in Lloydminster, I started this campaign that nobody really got behind. But <laughs> I got behind it. I was on board. <laughs> it was to get Kim Mitchell into Canada's Walk of Fame. Yep. How can he not be in there? Seriously. We like. I, I'm pretty sure you and I are in there by this point. I'm pretty sure the hosts of the social are in there by this point. We got to get Kimmy into this. The guy's had a heart attack. He's going to be front and center in a lot of people's minds. And let's get him on a Canada's Walk of Fame. Yeah, there is no better time. So uh, maybe we got to set up a page on Change.org, and <laughs> it can go over about as well as our GoFundMe page has gone over. <laughs> How about oh, we- wait? It hasn't. <laughs> Nobody wants to sponsor this. <laughs> and I don't blame them. 
No, neither can I. I mean, you might as well go buy some ads on the social with the, this Gene talk and, and Kim Mitchell. But you know what? At least we aren't trying to stay on a weekly schedule and having to put titles or subtitles on these episodes like, what are we talking about now? Like, what? I'm glad I'm glad that all you To It Out CFL listeners are here and you've been saying, hey, John Trav, where's some episodes? But you got to understand, man, like, if we went every week, it would just be like, really... Really, really boring. There'd be a lot more social talk than football talk. So we're going to stay monthly, like we said, up until the starting of training camp. So you're only going to get your fix once a month until about May or so. Unless you give us a pile of money, then I'd consider it. Maybe there are people that want us to just be like social for guys. You know, I think we might be finding a new niche. (laughs) Maybe that's, again, not a lot of football talk goes on in mid-December to... January, so I think it's safe to say that, that that they are lacking something. And again, like I just can't wrap my head around trying to do a weekly or bi-weekly CFL podcast right now. Well, I'm sure there are lots of stay-at-home dads that would love to listen to us every week, twice a week, <laughs> you know? Dad's well, Club taking the kids it, for the walk at the multiplex and... You know. It's it's, tr- it's true. I guess I guess we we have to think of those people, but uh, I still don't think I'm quite on board. I think we stay with the monthly schedule unless we can do cool things like our buddies at Eskimo Empire and bring in some uh, CFL alumni into their basements to record. Yeah, shout out to them. They've joined the CFL Pass.ca uh, team, and they had seen your Mobley on this past week. Uh, sorry, uh, to and out nation. All you get is uh, or should it be to and out village? Let's uh, well, it's slightly Hamlet? larger than a village. We're we're almost at more Twitter followers than I have on my personal profile. I believe we are at a hamlet right now. Okay, the two and out hamlet. Um, maybe <laughs> let you know what I like village. I think I think the classification for a village in Saskatchewan is five hundred people. So okay, with six hundred fifty followers, we are officially the two and out CFL village. We could be a a small town in Saskatchewan. We might be able to sustain a grain elevator and a corner store and. And a bar. <laughs> and a bar. <laughs> and a bar with a 27-inch TV that's from 1992 behind the bar that you can barely see the game on. But gosh darn it, if we aren't going to have every single Riders matchup there in glorious, glorious, glorious standard definition. <laughs> hey, but hey, drinks drinks are three bucks and pickled eggs, 50 cents. Let's get to the news. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the To It Out podcast. All right, so I'm trying to remember where we left off. I don't believe we were able to even talk about Chris Jones. It feels like so long ago. But uh, by now, you know he's the guy in Saskatchewan. Uh, Jason Moss is the guy in uh, Edmonton. And also, the Godfather returns to the sidelines in B.C., uh, this makes me so happy to see Buono on the sideline again. I tell you what, I'm going to make you a deal here. I'm going to return to the sidelines on this day of my daughter's wedding, and you're going to make sure that you don't do no funny business. Like, can Wally? Like, can we cast Marlon Brando as Wally Buono in his biopic yet? I think if there was a movie about Wally Buono, it would have to be Marlon Brando. You know, who else could it be? It could be like Robert De Niro. 
you know, Al Pacino. The Oscars are coming up right away. So, but I, f- but I always feel like that Wally Buono has more of a Godfather like figure than an like fiery De Niro or Pacino. I think it would, <laughs> he would be the guy that he brings you to the room and it's like dark and you can hear the violin music, maybe just a little too loud. I tell you what, you're Louis Pesaglia. You've had a great run, but it's time for you to retire. On this day of my daughter's wedding, today is the day that you retire from football, Louis Pesaglia. That's how it happened. How else does a man with a single bar helmet and a great duster go into retirement? It's when the Godfather tells you to. (laughs) I think the big talk in December was one word compensation and oh oh just it it never stopped Uh, i mean edmonton and saskatchewan it seemed to be almost like a fan-fueled theory uh because the team seemed to be okay with it ed hervey certainly seemed uh okay not getting compensation from the riders but and ed hervey lost his entire coaching staff he didn't just lose chris jones yeah he lost his entire staff but when Jason Moss went to Edmonton, Marcel Desjardins from the Red Blacks, he wasn't very happy about it. And then we had uh, Noel Thorpe, who tried to resign in Montreal to go to Edmonton, only to have that all reverse. It was just a bizarre situation. Here's here's because people have talked about this at nauseum. Here's what it boils down to. The CFL has worked perfectly fine with the understanding of, okay, if you're getting promoted, go ahead and leave. And I think that's fair. You know, you never you you don't no employer that you work for would ever be that upset that you're leaving for a better opportunity if you're a good employee. Right. So. For the Desjardins to get mad about Jason Moss, that was, to me, that was offside. For the Alouettes to get mad about Noel Thorpe, I think they were fair in that. He was leaving for the exact same position in Edmonton. It was done kind of shady and underhanded. Uh, I'm sure, to me, that one, maybe compensation should have been discussed. Now, the biggest beef I have with compensation is, as we alluded to before we went on our break, we were were reached out to by Commissioner Jeffrey Orridge, and he said, I'd love to be on and talk football with you guys. And we just, the schedules haven't quite lined up, but I directly blame compensation, because the day I sent... A nice Twitter DM to to Commissioner Orridge. I said, hey, you know, hope your holidays are well. Hope everything's good. Boom, the Noel Thorpe thing blows up. Next thing you know, he's dragged in a boardroom, <laughs> and, and he probably never saw it. So I blame the compensation debate on the fact that we haven't been able to line up with Jeffrey Orridge just yet. It is your fault, North Noel Thorpe. Yeah, that's right. If I saw you, I'd slap your <laughs> poutine out of your hands. I don't know. He, he lives in Montreal. Probably walks around with a pulled pork poutine once in a while. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, pulled pork poutine? That's I would amazing. throw it to the ground and be like, listen, you cost us the biggest an interview that might take us from a village to a small town. <laughs> we might actually get some subsidies from the federal government if it weren't for compensation. We might actually be credible. <laughs> Not just a couple of doofuses. <laughs> now, free agency starts on February 9th. Uh, do you think that Edmonton will have their defensive coordinator by then? It looks like it's getting pretty tight. They still have about a month, but you'd think they would want to have that in place when free agency opens. 
Well, I think Ed Hervey is generally the guy that says, I'm going to make the decisions on pieces and you're going to work with it, which is why there was always that rumored friction between right. him and, and Chris Jones. So I don't think that's as, as essential for a team like Edmonton. I mean, they're going to talk to Jason Moss about what, what he wants to do. Plus, I mean, Edmonton, in terms of like, they are losing some players, as we did find out that Dexter McCoyle has signed with the uh, San Diego Chargers or the almost Los Angeles Chargers or the whatever the heck you want to call them. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> there are still some pretty serious pieces for the for the Edmonton Eskimos that are out there. Aaron Grimes is a fr- free agent. You're looking at Kendall Lawrence is a, a free agent. J.C. Sherritt, free agent. Like you just look through the list a little bit. And I think they really got to work on signing these guys. I don't know if the defensive coordinator, some of those names I threw out there, I don't know if a DC is going to have much to do in the decision process because it'll be, hey, these guys are really good at football and you should probably have them back. Yeah, and a lot of guys have started to sign extensions. I uh, wrote an article on cflpass.ca. It's either guys are getting released or signing extensions. We had kind of a shocker in Calgary. Uh, Jawan Simpson ends up getting released. He will no longer be a Stampeder. He's been their middle linebacker since 2010. 258 tackles. Two two great cups for Jawan yeah. Simpson. It's going to be weird to see him not on that defense anymore. Well, I... And I think he still probably has a year, maybe two left, and that's what teams are going to have to balance out and go, okay, you know, is he worth enough that we can throw some money at him and do we have the salary cap room? Uh, He'll be an interesting one. I I think somebody is going to take a flyer. It depends. Does Chris Jones like him in Saskatchewan? I mean, they're going to – they basically cut their entire defense, and rightfully so. I've never seen such a swift and decisive move of, all right, you guys were an absolute utter disappointment last year. Get the hell out of here. It was, inter- it, it was remarkable. I'm interested to get your point of view on there were a lot of people that were kind of sour that some veterans like Terrell Mays, Tyron Brackenridge didn't even get so much as a phone call. They basically found out on Twitter saying, hey, you're gone. And now I, I, ta- I, ta- I talk to people in the writers organization and they can directly blame their agents for that. Oh, Chris Jones reached out to every player's agent, which is normal procedure when a guy's getting released. Yeah. You got to think, these guys during the offseason aren't hanging around Saskatchewan. You can't call them into the coach's office and say, hey, by the way, uh, we're letting you go. You were a valuable asset, blah, blah, blah. These guys are all spread across North America. So what do you do? You call their point of contact. That's their agent. Every agent was called by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Chris Jones, Jeremy O'Day, and the rest of their brass. And if they found out on Twitter, it's because your agent didn't give you a courtesy call. So somebody needs to be looking at who's representing them. I get it. It was a fairly swift decision, but none of the like anybody that's upset of the way it was handled, you're placing the blame incorrectly as well. I, I think that you know Chris Jones is really putting his his mark on the team. And let's face it, a lot of those guys were a year past their best before date. They became the chunky milk in the back of the fridge. <laughs> And you have to think, I I think a guy like Weldon Brown and a guy like Terrell Mays are still quality players. Uh, I would say more so Weldon Brown than Terrell Mays. I would say, like, Terrell Mays is starting to get a little, again, he's, when you, you know, when you sniff the milk and you're like, eh, 
I don't know if this is okay, but I might chance it. Uh, well, uh, Weldon Brown to me is like, you know, you can pour that on your cereal because you're safe. Uh, see, this is what we should we should make this the official CFL free agent best before date analogy. Okay, okay. Guys that are done, they're that mystery container you've had in the back of the fridge forever. <laughs> Guys that the guys that still you know guys that you know are 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 done as well. They could be like the oh that milk's gone sour. I should throw it out. Guys that you're not sure are like that's when you sniff you know maybe take a little sip and go oh, okay is this okay? And guys that you know you can just go ahead and pour it on cereal. Everybody else is gonna give letter grades and and crap like that. We're gonna give fridge okay. grades because we're all about food. Well, what is the worst thing you've ever left in your fridge? Oh, once when I was living with my buddy Andrew in Lloyd Minster, and <laughs> I don't know whether it was my Superstore pre-roasted chicken or his Superstore pre-roasted chicken. Well, I know Andrew, and I think it would be his. I think you would have eaten it all. I pr- I do not leave chicken behind. You're right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there's I went in the fridge, and we kind of had like our halves, right? Like you kind of half divided the fridge, and I said, okay, anything in the yeah. middle, we can both eat. So one day, I'm cleaning up the fridge because I'm like, what is that funk? (laughs) And I swear to, like, this chicken came back to life as a reanimated zombie and kicked me in the face with this pungent odor. I've never, like, I threw out the container it was in. I just told him, I'm like, you can go buy some new Tupperware because that was, it still makes me cringe thinking of it. For me, the worst thing was uh, taco meat. And I think it must have been in the back corner of my fridge. it might have been a year, but oh no! And do you ever? It was just after college, and I remember taking it out of the fridge, and I'm like, I couldn't even tell what it was through the container, oh. and I'm like, well, you can't just throw it out; you got to smell it. Oh, that put me on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty bad. So, uh, oh, <laughs> a year? <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I I can't believe it's taken me thirty episodes to say this, but what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you haven't said that. <laughs> I checked the tape. I don't think I have. I've said it to you off air, but never on air. We pretend like we get along on air. So so for for argument's sake here, Paul McCallum, he's the taco meat in the back of the fridge. Jamel Richardson, he's the taco meat in the back of the fridge. Yeah, I look at I look at a guy like Derek Walker. He's uh, I still pour him on some cereal, you know. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, you know, uh, just as we uh, Anthony Allen. I think he I I'd probably take a sniff of the milk first before going. Uh, he might be okay, might not be. See, there we go. And I don't want to go through the whole free agent list, but as we discuss guys, we'll kind of uh, you know, Juwan Simpson to me is at that point that you might want to make sure you make of the smell first. I think if we went through the entire wide receiver list or the entire free agent list, we wouldn't be done by the time free agency open. Yeah, do we really need a two-hour show here? <laughs> do we really need in-depth analysis on if Cord Parks is going to re-sign with the BC Lions? <laughs> but there are a lot of interesting names. Uh, Fred Stamps, is he is he going to retire? Uh, Nick Lewis... Is he going to retire? I thought Nick Lewis had a bit of a resurgent season. He did look good, but 
he, there's a point where a guy gets too expensive for what he brings to the table at the point in his career. And then and, would the, would a guy like that be willing to take a pay cut, much like the Mo Price deal to uh, to Saskatchewan? And that's that's an interesting one to me because while Mo Price doesn't have me blocked on Twitter, we have had a couple Twitter beefs. <laughs> uh, I know you have, but that's what some I love. Of the, about- some of the stuff you've said to him, though, <laughs> I love you. But I've been on Mo Price's side, like, oh man. Hey, God. <laughs> Or is that Nick Lewis I'm thinking about? Which one did you... Oh, that was uh, Lewis. I was pretty tame with Mo Price. Cause- oh, yeah, yeah. You guys more had like uh, like uh, a, a real beef. Uh, sorry, I'm getting them mixed up, your Twitter beefs. But, <laughs> man, you and Nick Lewis, holy cheese. But I, I love Charleston Hughes and Mo Price because they would actually reply and they would actually engage. And I, I tried to offer a truce to Mo Price, but he hasn't replied to me yet. So he, he must be happy that he's going to Saskatchewan because he hasn't... You know, uh, he he extended. So well, he extended and took a pay cut. Yeah. So is essentially the what it looks like. And I mean, even it's funny when the Red Blacks sent out the news release. It says Ottawa releases Maurice Price, and that was the title of the news release. They changed really? everything. Yeah, that was in the email header. Somebody had written this up that they were about to release him when Saskatchewan swooped in the last minute and essentially said, "We'll swap sixth and give you a seventh. Uh, for Maurice Price, and then I think Chris Jones made a wise move, and as soon as he got there, saying, "All right, we'll extend you, but you gotta, you know, put some salary on the table." Reportedly, he's gone from one seventy to one thirty. So obviously, Chris Jones is high on this guy. Yeah. Um, you're looking into the the interesting thing today, though, like reading between the lines of Chris Jones about Maurice Price. Now, like, am I on to something, or should I just back off? And you can tell me something. Okay. Here. Okay. I'm not going to quote him exactly. I don't have it typed out in front of me or anything like that. But essentially, he said, "I when talking about Mo Price, said, I like big receivers that can go up and get it. I hear two things. I like big receivers that can go up and get it. Look at the Riders' free agent tracker. There's a man by the name of Ryan Smith. Small. I don't think, I don't think Smith's getting re-signed. Wow. I don't think so. He, but you look at he, the receivers if, in Edmonton. Bowman and Walker, they're big boys. Well, and and word broke, Rod Peterson on his website, rodpeterson.com, the voice of the Riders, saying that sources outside of the Rider organization say that Chris Getzlaff will be coming back to Saskatchewan, which surprises me a little because I would put him closer to the sour milk, not back of the fridge, than I would to something I'd safely put in my cereal. But look at Chris Getzlaff. That's another big guy. Rob Bag is a small guy. I wonder what's going to happen there because he, last couple of years, he's one of the, I think, the most feel-good stories in the CFL after a, a few years of leg injuries, just brutal leg injuries, but he has fought back. Well, and- I, I think you're, I think Rob Bag, he's a little bit bigger than Dressler and Smith, and his passport might keep him employed. Right. Smith uh, on the other hand. He's a fan favorite. He works hard. He's a little younger. Now it comes down to the question of we're talking of guys that make a lot of money. Yep. Reading into Chris Jones's comments, which I don't think I'm I don't think I'm completely off base here reading between the lines. Does Weston Dressler survive training camp? Wow. <laughs> now we're going to look back on this episode in June and 
Well, it's like it's it's like it's it's akin to like a lot of a lot of commentators will say they'll make bold predictions. Yep, yep. Right. You don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but it could. And my bold prediction, just from reading what Chris Jones says, they you got to look with the acquisition of Mo Price. That's a big contract. They've got a guy Naman Roosevelt. They're very high on. They just re-signed S.J. Hadera. There's another guy they're very high on. They release some. They've already released guys like Scott McHenry, small-ish receivers. I'm going to make a bold prediction that by Labor Day, Dressler, Enbag, and Ryan Smith are all gone. Wow. I think and- I don't think Smith or Bag get re-signed. I guess for me, I can't see Dressler getting cut. I could see now. I I can't. And that's remember. and that's why I say by Labor Day because I think they would trade him. And I I, I, I think I think you're running into a situation where a Chris Jones led team with McAdoo, who knows him very well, the receivers you're going to see are Price, Getzlaff, guys like Hedera, guys like Naman Roosevelt. Uh, I, you got to think Nick Dembski is there with a Canadian passport. He's a big, talented kid. He can handle returns if need be. You know, I I just don't see any of them being back. And in fact, I see Rob Bag and Ryan Smith leaving this offseason. Wow. It's been re- it's been really quiet here in Saskatchewan when it comes to either of them. Jeez. It's been really quiet, and that's that's sad. <laughs> I, I I like uh, Ryan Smith a lot. He he shows a, actually both Bag and Smith the they show so much heart and so much fight when they're on the field. That oh uh, yeah, they're they're still great players. I'm oh not, yeah, oh, I yeah, don't disagree yeah. with that at all. Which I know is why. That. I, I, yeah, I think I think all of them will have an impact. It just it seems like you know when Chris Jones is immediately saying and is about Mo and maybe he's just talking about Mo Price and maybe I'm reading far too much into this, but I don't know. It just things are very quiet in Saskatchewan and things need to change in that locker room. And when you're hearing that Chris Getzlaff is being resigned before Rob Bag Ryan Smith and uh, before Rob Bag and Ryan Smith. That to me, something something's up there because last year I know he had some more injury concerns. Last year, Bag was twice the receiver that Getzlaff was. Oh yeah, I mean the numbers back it up. I like Chris Getzlaff. I've met him at a few events. He's a nice guy. I've interviewed him a couple times, but to me, it's I don't know. I just I it's very quiet here in Saskatchewan, and maybe that's just the way Chris Jones runs things. I haven't had a chance to talk to Edmonton football media in a while, but, you know, you start to wonder. It's funny because when when I first saw the Mo Price trade, I instantly thought it was low risk, high reward. We'll see if how he does in camp and we might let him go. But then he got extended and uh, yep. <laughs> because he didn't do much. In Ottawa, but, but Ottawa but has he, and a here, And here's packed, the thing. I'm, I'm a little high on Mo Price. And I know Ottawa has a packed receiving core, so maybe that was part of it. But that's but, it. There's only so many footballs to go around, and right? And Mo, Mo Price still has the wheels. I, I think he's still, he's, shown, he's still at 603 yards Yeah, as a fifth option. That's not so bad. Find me, find me another fifth option in the CFL that had 500. I, I, I guess I just think that... Um, Weston Dressler 
has uh, way higher upside at this point than Maurice Price. Oh, I would agree. I, I, I would absolutely agree. But it's just when, when Jones is saying something to that extent that I like yeah. big receivers yep. who can go up and get – he is a type of guy. And as you mentioned, look at the guys he had in Edmonton. Yep. They're big. They're real big. They are. And I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Again, it's just a feeling because, you know, tampering is not a thing in the CFL. <laughs> no, it's not. That I have a feeling that you'll see at least one or two impact guys come from Edmonton to Saskatchewan because they all love Chris Jones. They yeah. love playing for him. The Riders, after the mass exodus of cuts with some of the salaries they're having come off the cap, some of the deferred guys they have are all coming off the cap this year. They'll have some room to move. The Eskimos were able to extend some key key guys, uh, Darius Bowman, Almondo Sewell, Sean White, but you still have Kenny Stafford, J.C. Sherritt, Kendall Lawrence. Kendall Lawrence. There's a lot of big names. Uh, Aaron Grimes, which I'm sure is probably going to see uh, what he's got down south with a couple of other guys because I know Jeff Fuller uh, for the Stampeders is checking out there. Eric Rogers is yep. checking it out. Uh, you know, McCoyle is already signed by the Chargers, but did you hear the name that's no longer has a contract in the NFL? And put two and two together in Saskatchewan. He's got a big body, and he can go up and get the ball. If they get Deron Carter, <laughs> you could you could basically you could roll you or me out as the fourth guy. <laughs> I mean, if your receiving core, in, in theory, had some of those young guys coming up, plus Deron Carter. I mean, it looks like they're they're much like much like Edmonton. It looks like they want to go American heavy at wide receiver. Yeah. You know, just from some of the signings and some of the guys they haven't released, you know, then they have to find another Canadian spot someplace. But it's uh, it's interesting. And then, too, you read into it a little bit. You look at Jerome Essam, uh is did he end up resigning with Calgary? I I don't have it right in front of me. Actually, he is listed as a free agent on the CFL website. So uh, do, do the riders take a run at him, at Andrew Harris, because they did something else that was a little interesting that kind of flew under the radar. And I get it. A lot of these moves are just for bringing in Canadian depth. But they they signed Brandon Deschamps from U, the UBC Thunderbirds, a Canadian running back who they're going to give a good look to in training camp. And, and that's what surprises me. Now, I, I guess we won't know until February 9th, but if you keep a guy... I could see this makes Ryan or not Ryan uh, Chris Getzlaf uh, expendable, right? If you can, but Deschamps, in... Deschamps is a running back. No, I know, but that yeah. that's they're going Canadian there in expense of that spot uh, in the receiving True. core. True, but I mean they rolled out two Canadians in the receiving core. You're still going to need at least one of those. I mean, much like Nate Kuhorn, essentially. Yeah. Look at Edmonton's alignment. Typically, it was it was four and one. Four Americans to one Canadian, which means you still need a guy like Chris Getzlaff, who, again, is reportedly close to re-signing with the Riders. You've got Nick Dembski to line up behind Getzlaff, and there you are at Canadian receiver. And everybody else is, uh, uh, what is it, international? They're Canadians and Americans. <laughs> Even in my real job on the radio, they're Canadians and Americans. I, I just wanted to play some Pitbull, international love. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. You did it. You did it. I 
did it. You did it. <laughs> That's hey, great. I actually like Pitbull. Now, don't judge me. I'm judging. But... <laughs> You're judging. I am. Why? Because I like Katy Perry. Okay. <laughs> okay. I went to Katy Perry's concert in and, uh, and, Cold, and Coldplay. Okay. You can't judge me now. Okay, that we're we're even. Either we are completely even. But come on, that new jam adventure of a lifetime is like it's so good. I can't do it. I'm not what's his name. This is the most the furthest we've ever gone off the rails. Well, you're about to talk about a Katy Perry concert in a football podcast. But again, this is what happens when you try to podcast in the off season. We're sorry if you don't like it. <laughs> there is not a lot of things to talk about with the Canadian Football League in the beginning of January. <laughs> there will be some Katy Perry and Coldplay talk. And guess what's going to happen in February? There's going to be a little of that, too. <laughs> if you look at the free agent tracker on the CFL website, it is a mile long. Oh, it's and you know what? There's going to be somebody <laughs> that is going to go through and break down... Every single value of every single guy. Uh, you know, uh, Louis Richardson, he really brings a lot with his, uh, you know, Canadian passport. And, uh, you know, have, have you ever... Oh, it's not even Louis. It's, or is that a... No, that's a, that's a speck on my... It is Louis Richardson. It looked like Lul Richardson, but then I realized it was just Cheeto dust on my monitor. How about Xander Robinson, uh, the national fullback for the Toronto Argonauts? Hey, you know what? Somebody's going to get their Xander on, <laughs> and he's not going to rob be Robinson and nobody. Yes. <laughs> so the free agent list is a mile long. Obviously, there is some big names still out there. I mean, uh, I think Chris Rainey is going to get an upgrade or uh, a raise with BC. I'm just going through the teams here. Lule, Harris. You know what though? Let's let we'll talk about it a, a little bit closer. Here here's what we'll do. Okay, to, okay, to satisfy okay, okay. the the football talk. Okay. Let's go through the list and uh talk about no no, I'm kidding. We're not going to talk about every single player. Um <laughs> I will give you one name and you give me one name and we just simply say where they're, if they're going to be back or not, all right? Okay, with their respective team or at all with any team? With their respective team. Okay, okay. And then if you say no, give me a quick prediction. Okay, okay. All cool. right, Chad Johnson from Montreal. Is that, is that Ocho Chad Ochocinco? <laughs> is that Chad Ochocinco? That is Chad Ochocinco. I'm, uh, I'm just being a doofus. Uh <laughs> John, all seriously though, John Bowman. This one is tough. I do think he will be back. Oh, uh, I like the, it. The the uh, I I feel like he played with a chip on his shoulder after the Michael Sam thing, and he ended up getting sit down for some bizarre reason. I, we don't really know what happened behind the scenes there. Maybe so, he's, because Tom Higgins obviously spilled white out on his roster sheet and accidentally blanked him out. Yes. <laughs> That's the only explanation. So maybe uh, Jim Pop being on the sidelines will help Bowman stay there. But I think he has one, maybe two years left. I feel like if he's not with Montreal, he'll probably retire. I would agree. No, I think I, I think that's fair. He's at the point of his career. You don't 
see him going anywhere else, and he just looked weird in any other jersey. So, no, I'm, I think I'm with you on that one. Okay. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, Nick Lewis? He kind of had a late resurgent season. I think he's of that in that same spot that if he doesn't end up with Montreal, I think he goes to retirement because obviously something worked for him in Montreal. So I'm going to say yes, but he might get cut in training camp. Right. Now, Ottawa's names, they actually look like they've taken care of uh, some of their uh, big free agents. Uh, Zach Evans re-signed. Uh, Chris Williams re-signed. But they do have uh, Damasa Munoz re-signed as well. But Jeremiah Johnson, I think he's an interesting name. Uh, he had that run near the end of the season where he had a touchdown in every single game. Is he going to be a red-black next season? Uh, it's always so tough to say because running backs are often a dime a dozen. He kind of yep. came out of nowhere. I think yes, only because nobody's going to give him a ton of money in the free agent market, and I think Ottawa will want a longer look at him. Yeah, what do you think about Thomas DeMarco, the uh, backup quarterback that uh, a lot of people are pretty high on? Of course, Burris is still the guy in Ottawa, is he going to re-sign there and be the heir to the throne after Smiling Hank leaves? I would think so. Um, I think you're going to be able to get him for, again, fairly affordable. The quarterback market, a little saturated this offseason. He's probably got some promises that, okay, you're going to be the next guy. And at some point, Smiling Hank is going to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have, you'd <laughs> you have think. to think. He's a T-1000 from the future. Like, if he got cut, there would be metal <laughs> shining through his skull. Like <laughs> He does get those crazy red eyes whenever he puts on those contacts. So he's a Terminator. So we have determined that, Al okay, we figured out two things. <laughs> I can't judge you for liking Coldplay because I like the new Coldplay song, or for liking Pitbull because I like the new Coldplay song, <laughs> and Henry Burst is a, t is a Terminator. <laughs> got it. No, um, sticking... <laughs> Looking, looking at Toronto, I'm yeah. only going to give you. I'm only going to. I'm going to give you. These ones are both. Oh, which name do I want to give you? There is some hard ones there. There's going to be some tough decisions for the new brass of the Toronto Argos. Um, I know who you're going to ask me about, so I'm going to ask you about Chad Owens. Chad, is he back in? Is he back in Toronto next year? I guess I can't see Chad Owens anywhere else. Um, I think he stays an Argonaut. Uh, I think they're going to try and open up the wallets a little bit uh, as they're hosting the Grey Cup. But <laughs> you know who I was going to ask you. I, I, I think the Flying Hawaiian stays. Now, they did extend Ricky Ray, Trevor Harris. Apparently, it's been said that he wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the Canadian Football League. Is he in Argo next year? See, I think the highest paid thing is a lot of rhetoric. It's the same thing when you walk into a salary negotiation. You're not going to ask what you really want for. You're always going to ask for more than you really want. Yeah. Him coming out and saying, I want to be the highest paid, they're going to you know, do a spit take with their water. But I think everybody knows it's a lot of rhetoric. Now, the question is, though, where else does he go? Yeah. And I, I think about... And that might... But I think they're going with Jonathan Jennings. And you can't blame him the way he played. 
No, I feel like every team is pretty solid at quarterback. You're right. I mean, Calgary has two right now. Drew Tate resigned there, so they're happy with their. And I mean, <laughs> you have to look at the teams that. You almost need two quarterbacks in today's day and age. I mean, you're right. Jonathan Jennings looks like the guy in BC. Buono likes him. Maybe they take a run at Harris. You got Mike Riley and and uh, hey hey, it's Franklin right behind him that they're trying to develop. You got, as I said, Tate Mitchell in Calgary. Durant's back in Saskatchewan. I mean, Saskatchewan. I don't think they could ever take a serious run at Trevor Harris. Is Durant a question mark? Uh, I don't think so. Only because neither of them are any, like, the Achilles injury may affect his mobility, but he hasn't yeah. really ran a lot lately either. But just because the, the, the high figure that he's got, like, I, I don't see a situation in which if you're Darian Durant, they're going to come to you. Chris Jones comes to you and says, well, we need you to take a pay cut. If you're Darian Durant, do you take that pay cut? Uh. <laughs> that's And that's that's the tough part because you he know hasn't if he played. If he, so he is you, he is a question mark, but it's going to be t- see that's the tough one. Like it, the smart thing, let's face it, the the smart football move is to probably bring in Trevor Harris or even Ottawa if they're not that high on Demarco, right? Exactly. But does Trevor Harris want to go to a situation that's like okay? Because yeah. let's face it, if you were to trade. Put Burris or Durant on the trade market, you're not getting anything for them. Again, because of the fact that nobody's really, he's a, they're both kind of question marks because of age of, and injury, and nobody's really looking for a quarterback. You got Drew Willie and Matt Nichols in Winnipeg. I mean, Zach Caleros and Jeremiah Masoli just re signed. Ottawa's got Burris and maybe DeMarco. Like, the only teams that I would say that don't have a solid number two guy that they like. You know, now Montreal's got Crompton and Glenn. Like, it is Saskatchewan and it is Ottawa. And the smart business move would probably be to throw money at Trevor Harris. But do you really want to alienate your fan base in either one of those cities by getting yeah. rid of a guy who's kind of the face of your franchise? Yeah. Uh, I, I do think both guys have earned the right to play and start until they have retired. But uh, one more injury for Durant and then the career's done. Well, so, yeah, and then and then Saskatchewan goes into a season of promise with no offense yeah. to Brett Smith, but you go into a season of promise and Brett Smith is your starting quarterback again. Yeah, see, that's why that's why I think Saskatchewan's going to kick the tires. But Harris, on one hand, he had the one run that that was it, but he did yep. have more time holding a clipboard than uh, Brett Smith definitely has. But you got basically two inexperienced quarterbacks if. Durant goes down again if they take a run at Trevor Harris, but at least he's proved something. But I, t- I take I take Trevor Harris over any backup in the league right now. I take yeah. him I take him over, and but then again, now let's let's throw another name in here. I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit to to BC, but here we are talking quarterbacks, and it all kind of comes down to the same thread: Travis Lule. That one to me is a <laughs> that's a head scratcher. Now, does he? Could you see Lule signing a contract similar to Ricky Ray? That's like the more games you play, the more we pay you money. I guess I could see Lule being a guy that would assist Wally with helping Jennings along and and being the backup and backup almost kind of coach position. Well, well, that's it. But I mean, 
obviously he'd want an open attempt at the starting job. And that one to me, like, I don't see where else Travis Lule goes outside of BC. No. Yeah. It's pretty murky for him. Yeah. And there's another guy, big time injury concerns, which is why I think Ricky Ray was wise to Ricky Ray was wise to say, okay, I'm going to take a real performance laden contract and I'm going to stay in Toronto. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to get on the open market, and I think Travis Lule is like that. But that's another one that you think, like, you know, you saw a lot of uh, quarterbacks get re-signed kind of by some teams. There was a bit like with Tate and Mazzoli, but he was not part of that. No. So that's – I don't know. I think the quarterbacking is going to be very interesting this year. There finally seems to be a certain degree – but then again, we say there's a certain degree of depth, and next thing you know, I'm on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because eight <laughs> quarterbacks have gone down. Yeah, hopefully they can keep them healthy this year. But those aren't the only big names with uh, Toronto. There's a couple linebackers that I think are impact players. Gregory Jones and uh, Corey Greenwood are both available as of now. And I think those could be, they could be great additions to other teams uh, across the league. Now, quickly, with Hamilton, uh, Andy Fantus. That's one that pops out at me. I think he's back. Okay. He he struggled with injury a little bit last year. His value won't be high, and I think he's a Ken Austin guy. I think he's back. Okay. I, I just don't know if it'll be for the same kind of figures he's been paid in the past. And their list is probably the longest in the league. For me, their most important player that they should be going after is yep. Ted Laurent. I was just about to throw that name after there, and I think he stays in Hamilton because I think they're going to realize the value of him. I, I think he might get a big payday. Oh, yeah, as he should. <laughs> a national uh, defensive tackle like that, he can take on entire offensive lines. But... It, it, is it safe to say that as terms of like high end quality of guys that can still play that I honestly think that you know you might like I think Hamilton might have the most one of the most of those guys. Oh yeah. Like you look at a lot of the guys like even along the O line you got guys that can still play there. I mean you got Tyrell Sinkfield had a great career. Johnny Sears got extended. Uh, he was another name that that popped out there. You know, Emmanuel Davis is another name. Yeah, I was uh, just about to say that. Moses Madu, Courtney Steven, and Brandon Stewart. Yeah, like there's a <laughs> lot. There's a lot of really good players there. Justin Hickman and uh, Bakari Grant. Uh, there's some big names. <laughs> oh, and then we go from that to what is? Uh, can we just call this the back of the milk department? We could just skip it. <laughs> we could. The only name that even stands out to me is Nick Moore. With How about Liren Haralahu? He won't be back. There's not a <laughs> Is chance. Is he done in the league? Um, As a field goal kicker, yes. Okay. I, I think I, Winnipeg's got to... If Winnipeg wants to... It, see, <coughs> I, I say this all, but I think he has a chance to be back. If Winnipeg can find a Canadian place kicker, I think they keep him around as a punter. Okay. Because that way you can have Haralahu in an emergency situation fill in as your kicker. Okay. And, and with the CFL rosters up to 44, you're starting to see a few more teams do that. Yeah. So I think, I think yes, with an asterisk. I think, yes, if the, if the Bombers decide to go Canadian at place kicker, Haralahu will be back because he is a pretty good punter. Nick Moore is another guy I could see Chris Jones going after. 
Absolutely. He's got tons of speed, tons of potential. He just hasn't had a quarterback that's been able to get him the ball because you got to think like <laughs> Drew Willie's been hurt most of the last two seasons. I think Winnipeg tries hard to resign him. When Willie has been healthy, Moore has been effective. I think he actually comes back to Winnipeg. And uh, on to Saskatchewan. Uh, and I think the big thing for Winnipeg this year as it has been last year, but they didn't succeed, was keeping Willie upright and keeping him healthy. Yeah. Do they make a run at a guy like Xavier Fulton, who is a free agent in Saskatchewan? Well, why don't we take another one of Saskatchewan's veteran leftovers and throw it on the offensive line and see how that works? <laughs> cough, cough, Dominic Picard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Xavier Fulton's back. I think in terms of our stinky milk st- scale, he's more to the end of the okay. I don't. I don't trust this, but I might try it. Kind of scale. Yep. Um, and again, we've we've kind of talked a lot about the riders' free agents in terms of who is going and 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 who is staying. I'm just trying to look through for somebody we haven't really touched on. We basically uh, talked about anything worth talking about in Saskatchewan. Uh, Xavier Fulton. When they won the Grey Cup, had a great year, but he's he's had some leg injuries since then. He's but, had leg injuries. He just seems to be like last year. He seemed to be just a half step slower, right? And I I think again, uh, American offensive lineman, you have to be damn good at your job to keep it. So I think we'll, we'll, we've talked about Saskatchewan a lot. We'll kind of glaze over that. Uh, Calgary, we oh. talked about a couple of the guys, and let's bunch them into one. Because, to, well, I guess well, there's a lot of guys in this Calgary team. Holy cheese. They we'll almost bunch, have an I'll all-star bunch two team. In, I'll, I'll bunch two into one only because they're in the same situation. Jeff Fuller and Eric Rogers are both looking south of the border. Do you think either of them are back or even in Canada next year? I think Fuller will be back in Calgary. I think Rogers will stick. In the uh, NFL. Oh, I yeah, he's, he's unbelievably good. Even you see with Dontrell Inman, who used to play for the Argos, he's been making he's been making plays with San Diego down south, and I think Rogers is a better receiver than Dontrell Inman, and uh, same kind of build too. And, and it looks like he's getting workouts with pretty much every team. Yeah, uh, when the New England Patriots are the first team to call you, I think Bill Belichick <laughs> knows a thing or two about talent. So I'm with you on that one. Rodgers is gone. Fuller will be back, and I think he'll be a bigger part of Calgary's offense. Uh, yeah. I think Messam stays because of uh, Cornish retiring. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that trade was made to show him this is what we have for you. Let's uh, Let's get her done. Freddie Bishop the third is a big one for them as well, and I think he's getting some tryouts down south. I don't think he sticks. I think he will be a uh, Stampeder next year as well. I think that's a fairly safe position. Again, another big one. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos, we kind of touched on uh, on some of them, so let's do a fun little game. I'm going to hammer through some Eskimos names, and you tell okay. me if they're going to be a writer or not. Okay. <laughs> Shamad Chambers. <laughs> no, let's let's play a game. Rider or Eskimo? It's funny because when uh, Chambers, uh, the Riders passed him over in the draft, and I was like, no, no, I wanted him to be a Rider. Yep, I think he is an Eskimo. Oh, Aaron Grimes. Uh, I, I think, I think he's neither. a Rider. Really? Uh, they had they cleared out so much in their defensive backfield. And you he's the perfect Chris Jones guy. I could see them throwing money at him, too. Uh, 
he's either going to be practice roster in the NFL or a rider. Yes, I would I would agree. Kendall Lawrence. Eskimo. Uh, yes, because they already went out and got there. If he if Jones thought he could get Kendall Lawrence, I don't think they make the Mo Price trade. JC Sherritt, Ryder or Eskimo? I think he stays in Eskimo. I think he goes to Saskatchewan. Wow. I think he I think him and you look at him and you look at Aaron Grimes and you add them to the Ryder defense as constituted right now with some of those younger pieces and still some pretty good guys on the D line. I think that's key to the rebuild, and I think Chris Jones knows it. I wonder if John White is going to get another shot. I know here it is Achilles last year. Uh, Kenny Stafford, too. Uh, where do you think he ends up? I think they both end up in Edmonton for another shot. Okay, yeah. Stafford. Because you got got to remember, Ed Hervey's still there, and Ed Hervey is the guy that signed both of these guys. Yep. So especially more so, I think White for sure is back to see if he can rebound. Okay, lastly, BC. We already talked about Lule. Yes. What do you think about Andrew Harris? I think he's a blue bomber. I would agree. Winnipeg needs a running back so bad it hurts. They're going to overpay for him, and he's going to underproduce, but he's going to be in Winnipeg. Yeah, and uh, it'll be going home for him. He just did not seem like he wanted to be in BC anymore. Now, I don't know if Wally can change that. Or maybe it was Wally that he wasn't agreeing with. But you so. got to think it's when Wally was still the GM there. So you got to think that he had something to do with the fact that he wasn't happy. And I think uh, that Chris Rainey might become the guy in BC. We saw what he could do on special teams last year. Yeah, and he, he, they they put him into the receiving core a little bit too. And I think he's going to have a big year next year. Uh, he he made some fun plays uh, near the end of last year, and uh, he has a lot of potential. Other than that, BC. I mean, they have Rennie Curran, which to me was interesting because when he was with Edmonton a few years ago, I'm like, this guy is going to be awesome. Yeah, and he looked he, like he was going to be a real stud. And then he disappeared down south, and then he was basically a special teams guy with BC this year, and nobody really even knew he was back. See, I'll be interested to see if he gets another shot because I've talked to a friend of mine, Rat McLean, used to play in the CFL. Yeah. And he always talks about guys being in NFL shape and CFL shape. CFL shape, you got to be quicker and, more you gotta, and more agile. NFL, the field is smaller. It's more just bang, bang, contact. You got to be bigger and thicker. Okay. So, yeah, Rennie Curran is a guy I would probably, if you could get him at a good price, I'd give him a shot. I mean, what's the worst that happens? You got him in training camp? Yeah. Right? So. And so, he seems like a classy guy, unlike Jasper Simmons. So, <laughs> or Jasper Simmons' agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I should say that the agent. <laughs> yeah, let's let's all let's all go way too take way too close up selfies of ourselves wearing our best <laughs> ill fitting tie. I think Hoffman Ellis could be an interesting name uh, in free agency, but obviously Elamimian and uh, Big Hill are going to be healthy coming into this year. So maybe if maybe a guy like Sherritt leaves Edmonton, goes to Saskatchewan, McCoyle is gone, maybe there's room for a Hoffman Ellis in uh, Edmonton. It's going to be the linebacker carousel instead of the quarterback carousel. The coaching carousel has stopped. We all spun so much that we puked and, <laughs> and complained about tampering. 
And, and and now the running and now the linebacker carousel starts. So uh, hold Hamilton's on. Hamilton's sitting there like we drafted twenty of them last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go get yourself a ginger ale because your stomach's about to be sick from spinning around on this thing. So there is our predictions. Uh, and then I guess we'll be back shortly after free agency to talk about what has happened up until that point. I do want to mention an interesting phone call I had today with uh, Donnie from the Toronto Argonauts. Interesting. Now, this was really, it, it felt like it came out of nowhere. He sent me an email saying basically, hey, what's a good way to reach you? What's a good number to reach you? And I replied on my phone and literally, it says sent, and my phone's ringing. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this this guy is, he's really getting a hold of me. So what had happened was he saw my Grey Cup wrap-up on cflpass.ca. He, he thought it was cool, and he, he figured that he would reach out to Grey Cup regulars that he can find online. Yep, guys that uh, go to every single year. Obviously, the ones that are active on Twitter, you can find them in places like that. Well, he told me that the Grey Cup this year, you're not going to be able to just buy tickets. Say June first, tickets yep. on sale. You can't just buy them. Why he not? told me that you have to be a season ticket holder for the Toronto Argonauts. Well, yeah, they usually get first right of refusal. Now, this is, uh, I think this was really weird. He basically told me the only way that you will be able to get tickets this year is if you buy a season ticket. And I had said, well, what are the price ranges for those? And he said, they aren't released yet. And I'm like, what? This is just bizarre. So he said, you can buy an end zone ticket. It might be around $275. If you give me your $50 deposit, it's 225 bucks. And I'm thinking, why would I buy Argos? I live in Red Deer. So, so you got so this guy works for. He's like a ticket rep for the yeah, yeah. for the Toronto Argos. Hey, good on. I mean, good on him trying to find a way. Like, I look at this in two ways. Do the Argos want to sell season tickets that badly? And that's what I I think it is. And he he tried to tell me that that was the only way I was going to get tickets this year. And he had said, hey, I already talked to some guys from Vancouver. They ended up buying 10 season tickets. And he's trying to tell me that I can sell these tickets uh, to somebody in Toronto or if I have family in Toronto that I can get rid of these. And I'm thinking, what? This is just bizarre. And then I asked, okay, so how many people can fit in the stadium? And he said, for regular season, it'll be $27,600. i am thinking, okay, yeah, nice. And then I said, so what's the capacity for Grey Cup? And he told me 30000 And I said, wait a second, wasn't there a uh, – aren't they going to expand it to forty? Yeah. And he was very clear with me that, no, 30,000 people are going to be at this Grey Cup in Toronto. Wow. The only way I would get a ticket is if I bought season tickets to the Toronto Argonauts. Wow. And I guess that's like any market. I, I guess like any market where cause season ticket holders always get their first first dibs at Grey Cup tickets. They do. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, in Saskatchewan was almost kind of like that. It's so many people, so many season ticket holders bought Grey Cup tickets that they were a very hard ticket to find. But, yeah. but that's like... 
so what do you like so what if you bought season tickets you're probably going to more than likely just have two seats sitting vacant at vimo field for next year yeah and i'm out that money just to guarantee a spot to the gray cup wow uh, i and honestly i'm starting to i don't even know if i'm going to go to the gray cup this year uh my experience you're saying this my experience in Winnipeg left a sour taste in my mouth, and now I'm at a point in my life where it's getting really, it's getting really expensive. Well, especially from Western Canada. Oh yeah, it's getting really expensive. And when I heard this from Toronto, I'm thinking, what? Now you're trying to fleece me to buy season tickets to a yeah that, that I'm seems, never going to be able to That seems like go? coming in high and tight. Like, I, wow. And so. <laughs> I'm thinking, no way, like because the way it's worked in the past, and maybe he's just trying to make a couple bucks. I don't know. Well, I but, mean, they are paid on commission, and I mean, it's let's yeah. let's face it, any CFL market, the only way to truly guarantee yourself a Grey Cup ticket is by buying season tickets. It is, it is, and, and that's a fair statement. And, and, and the way it's worked in the past is that the season ticket holders get to decide if they want their seat for the Grey Cup. Yep. And then uh, after that, all the season ticket holders around the league get a pre-sale opportunity, and then everybody else signed up to a mailing list uh, through the website gets a pre-sale opportunity, and then they go on sale to the general public. Uh, I I can't see this being the only way to get Grey Cup tickets. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of people across Canada that aren't going to be very happy. Well, and I know you're not the only one. I, I met a friend for lunch that was actually at the Winnipeg Grey Cup as well that said it also left a very poor taste in his mouth. Yeah. Like, it's just... I think that that turned a lot of people off of the Grey Cup. Well, and I'm very concerned about if there's actually only 30,000 seats... That's I, I, I found an article in the Global Mail that says 30,000. And what are the prices going to be? Well, I mean, Skydome's always been sky high, but they'll, they'll the be sky high. They'll, line, they, they'll be more than double your season tickets. The fifty yard line is going to be six hundred dollars a ticket. Oh, easily. There was five fifty in Winnipeg for a stadium that's bigger than BMO. Yeah, and for the first time, if I go to Toronto, it will be without a Grey Cup ticket. I've never done that. I know that a lot of people do. I've done it. The, I did it in Regina, and I was honestly, I had just as much fun. And, and there will be a lot of people that go and they 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 either go watch it in a pub or they um they buy from a scalper the week of. And I think that's what I'm going to do because if it's going to be a six hundred dollar ticket, or the only way I can get one is if I have Argo season, season tickets. tickets. I'm not going to do that. Well, you're you're already a, an Eskimo season ticket holder, and you know you're not an Eskimo yeah. fan. So you know you might as well just buy them for all all nine teams here, Trav. Eh? <laughs> really keep the trend going. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I have Eskimo season tickets. Why don't I just buy season tickets for every team other than the team that I'm actually a fan of? I like it. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. It's the only way to solve this problem. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So that that call, I'm like, what? This is really weird. I understand you're trying to sell tickets for your new stadium, but would you? I, I guess they want to see them paid for instead of uh, instead of people in them. Maybe they just want a giant cardboard cutout of you there. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna buy these tickets, 
And I am going <laughs> to send down a cardboard cutout of you with your arms crossed, angry fast, with your Pilsner cowboy hat on, and some <laughs> obscure Riders player on a giant jersey. <laughs> and you're just going to be the guy. And then, then it'll have a sign that says, TFC sucks. <laughs> <laughs> MLS is the 12th best league in the world. <laughs> but I won't be there. <laughs> no, nope. Maybe you should. Maybe you should just buy the seat, buy two seats, and have have somebody in Toronto just put up that sign every single time. Okay, so here's the deal: Does anybody in Toronto want <laughs> want tickets that I bought for you? Tweet us. <laughs> you have to put on a T-shirt though for every game that says to and out CFL, and and then the other seat has to say another shirt that says. Italian men's league greater than MLS. <laughs> Copyright two and out. Copyright two and out. Two and out village. We <laughs> can have the two and out section at BMO. <laughs> Buy an entire section. <laughs> hey, there's a new cheap. There's a new discount airline that gets me to Hamilton for cheap. So I, I think I think we're onto something here. Maybe I can. I can pay three hundred dollars for every home game. That's only three grand. Uh, I, can, I don't know what they think I'm made of, but I ain't made of money. Oh, uh, neither are we. Go to GoFundMe. You can see the desperate plea there. <laughs> we will talk to you next month. Hey, I, I don't know if we said it, but Happy New Year! Uh, I'm hitting the gym every day. Uh, I am for- not. <laughs> I am getting a dad bod. <laughs> yes, you can have a dad bod. I know, because I'm a dad. Appa- apparently, those are sexy. Yeah, chicks dig them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next month. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, 2 and Out CFL. We'll talk to you soon.